This year is brought to you by Eshel Publications. Eshel Publications is a non-profit organization dedicated to spreading the Torah, Shiurim, and Tzfarim of Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky. For sponsorships or more information, visit eshelpublications.com. It's great success for us today to uh, be able to hear Divrei Torah from Rabbi Aaron Lapiansky, the Rosh Hashiva of the Yeshiva of Greater Washington. Rabbi Lapiansky grew up on the Lower East Side of New York, came and uh, learned in the Mir Yeshiva in Yerushalayim for many, many, many years. <coughs> and uh, then traveled overseas to uh, Evans' community to uh, be Marbet's Torah outside of Eretz Yisrael, outside of the uh, metropolitan, New York metropolitan area <coughs> and bring Torah to uh, the level it hasn't been at in the, in the greater Silver Spring area. Uh, personally, I've been a Talmud of Rav Lopiansky from the time I was a teenager, reading his uh, articles under a pen name in the Jewish Observer uh, for many, many years. He's published Sfarim, whether it's Yisodei Torah on the major Rishonim, Arshios HaShavua, or Tefillah LaMoshe, which is the commentary of all the Rishonim on on the sitter, or timepieces, which are articles about the depths of the Moadim and different topics in Hashkafa, or the sitter Aliyos Eliyahu, which is a sitter according to the Mishnah Brura, the Gra, Muhammaduyak. Lopiansky, it's not for me to say, but he's an Ishashkolos. He's involved in many, many different areas, and perhaps most of all, at least for our purposes today, he is one of the foremost spokesmen or expositors of Torah Hashkafa, explaining what the Torah has to say on many different important topics that are very often controversial nowadays. Not that they should be, but they are. Today is an excellent opportunity for us to be able to hear the Rosh Hashiva. If anybody is interested in... Uh, the Yeshiva of Greater Washington, which could be an excellent option. We had one guy last year, Stephen Cohen, who went after Pesach, who learned uh, for his man. Uh, he can certainly speak to Rabbi Yitzchak Shera, to the Rosh Yeshiva afterwards, but uh, hopefully this will be a great opportunity to hear Divrei Torah and uh, hear the answers to some of the most important questions that a lot of you submitted, and uh, if there's even a few more questions. It's a great success for us because it's the first time. Every other speaker has been here before. It's the first time we get to hear uh, Rav Lopiansky here in Reishit. So uh, it's our great cover. Um, it is, it, it is a, a, a very unique opportunity for me. Um, as I said, I grew up on the Lower East Side with the, the door before. I just met uh, Rabbi Marcus Sr. and I remember him vaguely as growing up as a child. It's kind of very moving for me to see, um, you know, t- to see things back again from where we grew up. Um, we did have a wonderful Talmud who's also on the Lower East Side. I don't know if it's any coincidence, but Steve Cohen did come, and uh, we still have a very strong Kesher. And um, it's it's very nice to, to look around to see a group of intelligent mevakshim, um, people that want, they're interested. So we'll, I'll speak a few minutes about something in the parish I think is relevant, and then we'll discuss things that you have an interest in discussing. 
It says, there's a Chazal over here, and Medish Rabbah says that Moshe Rabbeinu saw the Jews working hard, and he was mesakein Shabbos for them. He made a Shabbos for them. That's the Chazal's Medish. So, first of all, I mean, it's nice that Moshe Rabbeinu made that. It's believed that Paro went along with it. I don't think Moshe Rabbeinu sent a Kol Kore to Paro and said, from now on, there's going to be Shabbos, and Paro just signed up on it. So, obviously, it didn't really free them from work. So, what was the point of it? So, a Shabbos that you can't keep, in any sense of the word, I, I'm sure that the work went on 24-7 like it was supposed to be. Well, what's the point of that Shabbos? The, um, the, uh, I'd like to bring in another point. This is the Sfasemis makes this point. He brings it from his grandfather, Kedush Rim, but it's, uh, it's, he says it very, very brief way, which is normal for the Sfasemis, but I'll try to explain it a bit. He says... It says, Vayomas Melch Mitzrayim. Melch Mitzrayim died. Vayonchu Bnei Yisrael and Kal Yisrael groaned. It would appear that when a king dies and you, and you, um, and, and you finish, there would be a pause. It's, it, I mean, why did it get worse? Maybe the new king made things worse. But you expect that when you're sitting Shiva, the old king or whatever they sat, 30 days, 40 days, it'd be a little easier. I mean, the death of, even if you tell me that the new king, one that made it harsher, but no. the, the, the groaning, the reason to be, to be upset sh- shouldn't be because the old king died. That's, that's what the tradition um, addresses. So I'm going to try to bring out the point that he says, and, and I think it's a very important point in understanding the whole concept of Avdus. When we ask ourselves, what is the issue with slavery? What, what, was, what was it about that made the Gullus so profound? And the answer is that when you enter, it doesn't say, we have a lot of horror stories in the Medrash, but without the horror stories, as it says in Chumash, they worked very hard. It says Vaya'anu, without being specific, but they worked very hard. What exactly was that about? And the answer is the, the worst thing you can do to a person, the thing that will rob him of any hope, of any semblance of humanity, is when you spin him into a cycle of work that he has no time to think. When you have no time to think about yourself, then basically you're never going to change because you are what you are. And without the person's das, without the person's mind and sense of self, the person is never ever going to change. The worst part about a slave is not the work that he does, but the inability to have the time to be on top of himself. And therefore, when the Jews worked in Mitzrayim, they were robbed of any chance to change, better themselves, or even to daven, because they were being spun. Yes, they worked very hard, very long hours, 
and therefore there was no time for themselves. So the Chedushim says that when they, when the old king died, there was a pause, and that's when they recognized how difficult this situation was. It's like sometimes, God forbid, when you have somebody who's very sick, and you're so busy with all the medical things and, and running and so on and so forth, you don't even have time to sit and think. I mean, I was an oval for my mother, La Shalom. Um, I finished my year a few months ago, and the, the experience is when, while things are going on, you're so busy with things, it's only when you sit back and think a moment that you actually begin to <coughs> sense the emotions, understand, try to grab what happened. So, Adarabba, yes, when the king died, things loosen up a bit. The old king died, the new king hasn't really started yet, and that's by your Anchu Bnei Yisrael. Bnei Yisrael were the ones that groaned at that time because it wasn't because the work got harder, but because they had a minute to think about where they had come to, what has become of them, and, and how terrible their matzah really is. Th- th- their life has been robbed of any sense of tachlis and so on and so forth. He says it in the Pasuk, He's taken you out, sivlos, not the lotion of suffering, but the lotion of tolerance. Like today we speak a lot about sablanut, about uh, uh, tolerance. The fact that they tolerated the situation and were okay with it. Yes, we work and we work and we work and work. That was the, the point of it. So avdus means when a person is working and there is no moment of being able to use das on top of himself. That is avdus, and that's the most profound tragedy that happens to a person because he cannot um, ever express his humanity. I won't bring a halacha. Halachically, avadim, slaves, have interesting distinctions from them and goyim. They are chayavis and mitzvahs. They're almost like half-Jews. So, so in some ways, an Evet is closer to being a Jew. He's had tvila, mila. He's had different, different things for, for Avdus. But in one area, they are profoundly worse than, a, than, than a, uh, a, a, either a Goy or a Jew. A Jewish child is Jewish. A Kanani child is Kanani. They belong to their father. They have a father halachically. And they sort of carry on halachically. All the halachas that apply to Ammoni Mo'avi apply to their sons. An Evet's child is not his child. If he becomes a Jew, if he had children, he's kind. So why is it that an Evid has mitzvahs like a Jew, like a Jewish woman? He's half Jewish in some ways, and yet when it comes to having children, he's worse than he was before. And the answer is, a child is an expression of yourself. If you have no self, you have no children. You, 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 uh, building a child as more than just a biological accident of yours means that you are a person who is now moving a generation ahead. An Eved, because he's locked into a cycle of no das, no time to think, no ability to think for himself, is robbed of that. I want to 
sort of, it, 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 you know, I, I don't want to sound very old and speak about the old days, the new days, and so on, but I, I want to think a minute or two about something incredible that's happened to us. We have non-observant Jews and Goyim who close their cell phones on Shabbos. I, I, I use the word cell phone, I don't know what it's called today. Um, the smartphone is probably also dated. Whatever it is, they close their technology on a, one day a week because they need to get away from it. And we have Jewish people who are not only observing, who can't get away from it. So who's the Evet and who's the Ben Chorin? Who, if, 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 if I cannot think for myself, <coughs> by myself, if I cannot be by myself, then I'm chained. It, it, that's Avdus. In Evet, there is no distinction whether an Evet has an easy job, a pleasant job, or a difficult job. An Evid is an Evid because he has no time to free up his das and his thinking and to be on top of himself. He doesn't control his life, he's controlled. If we cannot live without constantly communicating with somebody else, so is that a product of our decision or is our decision a product of somebody else's decision? And it's something that we need to ask ourselves. You know, people talk a lot about the bad things on, 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 on you know, the internet, whatever it is. That's, there was always bad things. In my days, you had to take the subway down to Times Square to, to, to be able to get some really bad things, and everybody knew where to buy magazines. Every door has its eight heart. But the idea that you can actually take time for yourself, and you're not bound, I think is the challenge of our generation. The Vayyankum Yisrael happened. A person can change, and a person can take charge of his life when he has a life. When he, when he breaks... And that's why Shabbos, you know, Bar Hashem, when I was growing up, and probably Rabbi Marcus can remember even more than that, Shmir Shabbos was still a challenge. When I was already at the cusp where I was beginning, where, where basically, you know, a weekend was the, was the norm, Shabbos Shabbos was, was becoming much less of a challenge than I remember. But, but Tachlis, um, so we have today halakhically observing Shabbos, but, but not understanding if, if we don't disconnect in terms of what we think about, talk about, everyone in his own, in his own way to find that area where you can disconnect and say, okay, let me think about life, self, people, relationships, values, all these things, it's very hard when you're caught up in a job and, you, and you're doing an important <laughs> job, a successful job, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, you're running a business, those things do demand time and energy and, and, and thought. And, and you're doing your work well if you sink yourself into it. But if you, if you sink totally, you stop existing. Shabbos is a time that was given so that we can deal, we can be on top of ourselves. Um, in Baruch Hashem, this, you know, none of us are still are, are yet involved in any type of job. We're all standing still before our, our career. But if we start making our Shabbosim by understanding the idea of drawing back into yourself a bit, the idea of, of using time to think about important things, to learn about important things, to, to, to develop a self, it'll serve us very well in, in the years to come. Because of, of all the mitzvahs that, um, that Moshe Rabbeinu felt was important to enact the Mitzrayim, so he may not have been able to get a Shabbos where it won't work, but a Shabbos that they can sort of draw back and think that's what he tried to do.
So, having said that, I, I, I think in many ways this is this type of Shemir Shabbos is the challenge of our generation, and it's a very critical challenge. Halachically, it, you know, Dabadov is only speaking, and if you, you like to think about other things, but the way we do it, we don't have a minute that we can call real Shabbos. And, and that's why it's the most important thing is to, to reclaim Shabbos and reclaim ourselves in the process. <laughs> okay, um, Roshiva said it's probably they would like to have been some interactive.